Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, wealth and fame, he's ignored, action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang up, wherever there's a hang up, you'll find the Spider-Man. <laughs> God, I'm such a loser. All right. Happy 2019, everyone. We are at the top of the new year. I hope everyone's year is great, successful, prosperous, all of those great things in between. If you find yourself in a depression, just sit your ass down, close your ass, take a nap, and say this day will pass, and it will be over, okay? Just take it one day at a time. We can all make it through this to 2020 because I want to see all of y'all in 2020 living y'all best motherfucking lives. So let's get into this. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I hope you enjoyed my rendition of the Spider-Man theme song from the 60s. Yes, I sang that myself, of course. I saw this movie last year and I wanted to start it off with this year because I think it is one of the greatest movies of last year. Definitely the best animated film in my opinion. I enjoyed every second of it, every minute of it. I went in with no expectations. I went in knowing nothing about it. I didn't know anything about Miles Morales other than he was a Latino black character. That's it. That's all I knew. So when I went in, I was just wowed. I was wowed away the entire time and I also and I want to see it couple more times I do I really do I enjoyed it that much I laughed cried I was angry I was just in awe of everything that I saw all right so it was produced by Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures Animation it was directed by three gentlemen by the name of Bob Persichetti Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman Bob and Rodney this was their directorial debut and for Peter Ramsey he last directed Rise of the Guardians the screenwriters were Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman Phil Lord has written for a few logo movies which i haven't seen yet but ever since i've seen this i kind of want to see it now now that i know that phil lord did this i'm kind of interested to see what the lego movies has to offer i hear really great things about them so i'm just gonna go ahead and probably smoke a joint and watch it later on this year even though i haven't smoked in six months but i live in california so why not it's legal <clears throat> if you want to read the screenplay for spider-man into the spider-verse it's legal you can go ahead and, and find it on sony pictures on their website just type in sony pictures screenplay for spider-man into the spider-verse and it should pop right up in your google searches it was announced back in april 2015 but if you followed any of that sony hack nonsense amy pascal who also was a producer on this film see how they step down but they never really go away her and the president at the time doug belgrad i'm not sure if he's the president now or not but they spoke of rejuvenating the spider-man franchise via animation and comedy so when these guys came along and brought it up they said yes immediately and they thought that they were gonna say no but they said yes so they had to go go and create this monster misery 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 that's what you've chosen i offered you friendship and you spat in my face so let's get into the story and the characters and the meat of this 
It follows Miles Morales, who's a black Latino Spider-Man. Miles Morales was created back in 2011 by Brian Michael Bendy and artist Sarah Pacelli, who's also Italian. What confuses me about Miles Morales or his creation is that his name, his surname, comes from his mother's side. It doesn't come from his dad's side. His dad's name is Jefferson Davis. And I wonder why. I've been kind of looking around to see why it's that way, and I'm not quite sure. Because it doesn't make sense to me, because they are married. It's not like they're, you know baby mama and baby daddy like they, they they're married so why doesn't he get the jefferson the davis last name i'm assuming because davis is too common and they really wanted the morales to stick out that's the only thing that i can think of currently and in regards to the comics and where they could go with the sequel is now rio that's miles morales's name in the comics she dies she's tragically shot by a police officer which is interesting because her husband is a police officer <laughs> is that crazy but she was shot by a police officer and the, the, the police were trying to kill the new venom i'm not sure who the new venom is but apparently the new venom is the reason why rio is gone in the comic book world and as she bled out miles as spider-man cradled her in his arms with her last words she told her baby miles never to reveal his identity to jefferson so her death caused miles to give up being spider-man for over a year in this Spider-Man, in this particular film, Miles almost, you can almost kind of tell that he was going to tell his father that he was Spider-Man, but he didn't. And I can see that that was kind of a plant for the sequel. I think that killing off his mother in the next film would raise the stakes even higher and it would also ground the film just like how this one was grounded by killing off the original Spider-Man in this one within the first, you know, 10 minutes <laughs> they killed him off. So it was cool that it even started off that way it had a, a dc feel to it when it did that because i didn't think that they were going to go there because it's marvel marvel really doesn't kill off people like that in that manner but i but i do see that they are starting to go in a direction where they actually do kill off characters on screen which i'm here for i mean if, i can see that they're kind of maturing with the audiences which is great Ooh, my spider sense is tingling <laughs> if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> It took over 140 animators to complete this film. The largest crew that Sony Pictures Animation has ever used. Ever. Each second of the 117 minute film took an artist a week to complete with ideas coming from all directions. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is fucking crazy. And they cut each second in half. They cut each frame per second in half to create those fine details that you see throughout the film. Definitely time consuming, definitely requires a lot of patience, very tedious, and I just, I admire those animators for being able to really sit through that hours and hours and hours and hours of just creating this world with a great payoff. It made 65 million worldwide within a 90 million dollar budget in its opening weekend. So the film will get a return on its investment if it hasn't already. I think that it's already passed that threshold. I think that they have definitely made a return on their investment and more than likely i believe that this film will become a cult classic see when shit breaks the mold unless it's the avatar it typically gets categorized as a cult classic that will get much 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 more love later on even though everyone fucking loves it i think that this film will go down in history as a top one of those top films ever to be created and i think that it'll have a huge following within you know 20 30 40 years but Sony's going to milk it for sure. They're going to keep on, you know, as long as it's successful and it's creating a buzz, they're just going to keep making more. I'm going to kill the light. Everyone in the city is going to know how it feels to live in my world. A world without power. A world without mercy. A world without Spider-Man. And everyone will be... 
was beautiful it was groundbreaking i was in all the whole time i mean i kept saying wow this shit is nuts i loved all the other spider-mans i wasn't expecting to see all those different spider-mans because again i went in blind I didn't, I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen so i was just enjoying the riot the entire time like a little kid i just had so much fun watching it and i'm 27 years old i'm an old man now you feel me <laughs> Let's dive into some of the characters. So Kingpin, great first villain to use. You know, he has human needs and he has human wants, so it made sense to have him as a first villain. He was voiced by Lee Schreiber. Still wondering how his big ass gotten in and out of that Cadillac, though, because that motherfucker was big. That motherfucker took up whole screens, okay? You feel me? That picture where people were taking his face and comparing it to the Millennium Falcon, that is him taking up an entire shot. That's just how fucking big he is. And I want to know how he got in and out of that Cadillac. Because that motherfucker big. It's a big motherfucker. But yeah, he was a great villain to have. He was human. He worked because he wanted his wife and son back. But still, he was ruthless. And you understood why he was ruthless. But he still wanted his family back. And I, I really wasn't ready for the ruthless godfather Michael Corleone-esque behavior. I, I, I wasn't ready. But I dug it. I appreciated it as an adult. And I would probably appreciate it as a kid. Because not everything is all buds and roses. There were other villains in there. Some got longer screen time than others. Prowler probably got the most after him because he was related to the protagonist. Prowler looks a lot like Spawn to me. Super Spawn look alike, as well as Spider-Man uh, 2099. The other Hispanic Spider-Man, the other Latin Spider-Man. They got the same design to me, pretty much. Prowler was voiced by Maharshala Ali. He had the best villain theme music. You knew he was coming onto the screen when his music played. Whoever created that shit, kudos to you. You did that. Mwah, 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 mwah. Dr. Octopus, another surprise. I had no idea that that... I had no idea that that was coming. It was a great reveal at the time that it happened. It was a great reveal. Again, they're breaking the mold here because they're using a woman instead of a man for Dr. Octopus. Green Goblin was in it. Scorpion was in there and Tombstone. I've never heard of Tombstone because I'm not a super duper duper Spider-Man nerd. So I didn't know of Tombstone, but he was in it briefly. Do you have any idea what you really are? <laughs> hmm. Listen. The possibilities are magnificent beyond your father's wildest dreams. Go on, you must leave. Go on. Go on, get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on, get up. Now, in terms of Miles Morales, Miles Morales was fun. I mean, he was a kid, right? I think Shamik Moore captured his essence perfectly, and I think that's why he was cast as well. Um, and then we had, of course, Spider-Man Noir, who was voiced by Nicolas Cage. Spider-Man Noir comes from the universe of the Great Depression back in 1933. And then we had Penny Parker from, like, the year 3000. Her name is SP forward slash forward slash DR. I don't know how to say that code language, but it's some computer nerdy code language. And what was interesting about her character is that her deceased father served as her spider-man persona penny parker 
herself doesn't dress up as Spider-Man. She uses a robot. Um, Jake Johnson, who plays Nick from New Girl, that's how most people know him. I think he, the, if he keeps going, he's definitely going to not be known as Nick from New Girl <laughs> if he keeps going the way that he's going. But he did that. I mean, he played the perfect washed out Peter B. Parker. Haley Steinfeld is Gwen Stacy. She's killing it in the movie game right now. I hear great things about her and Bumblebee, which I'm going to go see after this. Uh, and then we got Lily Tomlin. My God. My God. I mean, I didn't look at the cast at all, so I was surprised by all of these fucking voices. I love Lily Tomlin. She's from the home team. She's from Detroit. And then there's, uh, yeah, Lily Tomlin was Aunt May. Nick Cage is Spider-Man Noir. Very fitting. His animation along with Penny Parker's took my fucking breath away. My God. I was, I was like, how the fuck did they get these two completely different types of animation in here i understood spider ham because he kind of fit the mode but the others i was just like god it must have taken forever to render these within miles morales's world anyway the music was solid there were no cliches at all i mean i didn't get the sense of oh here we go with this because sometimes we watch a movie you know when the cliches are coming and when they're executed you're like oh boy here we go but this didn't have that the only weird thing that stuck out to me was there's a moment when miles as spider-man hugs his hugs his dad who hates Spider-Man. He doesn't like Spider-Man at all. It threw me off when he hugged his dad. I mean, I suppose his dad will know later on that he is Spider-Man because he is still a teenager. It was just strange. I had to accept it for what it was. And again, this goes back to in the comic books when Rio is killed. Well, she tells him not to reveal his identity to his father. I can see how this was planted to lead to that. So yeah, I'm just kind of paying attention to the story and where it's headed for the sequel because they're going to get a sequel for sure. Let's dive into Behind the Screen, which is a podcast on The Hollywood Reporter. So the three directors kind of showed up. They talked about Spider-Ham and how Spider-Ham came into play. The one thing that they talked about that really struck out to me was in Spider-Verse, in Miles Morales' case, there's a cohesive family structure. And I didn't realize that. I was like, wow, that's why it's different. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to it. And they were talking about how people love normalcy more than they love uh, dysfunction. Because people relate to it or people want to relate to that and people enjoy seeing that. And I was like, wow, that makes sense. Because when I saw it, I was like, wow, this guy has a family. They support him. They care for him. No one was, no, none of the parents were killed. None of the parents were shot. You know, the dad didn't turn evil. You know, he wasn't abandoned. He wasn't an orphan. None of that. He has a solid, cohesive family structure. I don't know if they're going to destroy that in the next one because of what the comics give us. But it was just cool to kind of see that. And they black and brown. You never really see cohesive family structures that are on the screen anyway, where they're black and brown and there's a solid family uh, structure going on. There's always dysfunction. So it was really cool to have that there. I appreciated that representation matters because there are black and brown families that are normal and they love each other and they have their issues, but they still stick it out. The guys also talked about how they paid homage to the form of comic books which was apparent throughout the entire film. I thought I was watching a live-action comic book, which I had never seen before, so very groundbreaking there. It took a year and a half to develop technology to make it look right, and that makes sense. It took them forever to do it. So what they were doing was they were putting CG animation on top of 2D animation, which you can really see and you can tell that all of their hard work paid off. I'm an anime fan. I'm a huge anime fan. I watch a lot of anime, I read manga, I have a Crunchyroll account. So Penny Parker was the most challenging I could tell because Penny Parker came from the anime side. And I was in awe of her the moment that she popped up. I was like, wow. And the guy said that she started off as the worst when it came to rendering her into Miles Morales' world. He said that it was really hard to get her into there. So I'd really love to see the process of how they got those different 
how they got that animation within to Miles Morales' world. Um, because she was a completely different character, completely different drawn and everything from everyone else. So I would really love to see how they did that. And then, of course, the hardest part for them was creating the world of Miles Morales, creating the Spider-Verse. Because, again, they wanted all of the details there. They wanted, uh, they wanted it to look crisp, clean, and popped and full of color. They wanted it to resemble a comic book. So I could imagine just how, oh, I just could imagine how hard it would have been to do this. So the MVP of this film goes to all 140 animators that worked on the show. Go art department, go animation department. They did that. I think they all deserve raises. I think they should all get awards. They should get plaques. I think that they should all get stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, or shame, or whatever. <laughs> they, they deserve it all. What's next? The sequel, of course. Because there's so many different ways you can go with this because there are so many alternate universes and there are a ton of Spider-Man out there. And you can go anywhere with this. It's a big universe to explore. So I think Sony definitely got a gold mine with this one. Shameik Moore, who voiced Miles Morales, he will star in a film called Cutthroat City. It's a heist movie set in the lower ninth ward in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina, so that's going to be interesting. Jake Johnson, Nick from New Girl, <laughs> is returning to the TV screen, starring in a show called Hoops. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is in Bumblebee. Maharshala Ali has True Detective coming up on Showtime. And then Brian Tyree Henry is in a ton of shit. He's, he's in Atlanta. And he's going to be in Godzilla vs. Kong. He's going to be in Child's Play, the Child's Play reboot, because we're in the age of reboot. Um, and then, of course, he's in If Bill Street Could Talk, which he did phenomenal in. He's only in it for a couple of scenes, but he definitely made his mark in the film. Um, and then, of course, Lily Tomlin has Grace and Frankie. And I'm not sure if that show is ending or not, but I know that I think there's going to be at least one more season of it. The guys also talked about techniques used to deviate from regular, regular, smegular CG animated films. Perschetti, Bob Perschetti did not want, he didn't want it to look and feel like it was an animated film. He wanted audiences to respond to, to respond to this film because it was something that they hadn't seen before. And I think that he, as well as the other two directors and the rest of the animators did a fantastic job. And I think that they hit their mark there because I definitely felt like I had seen something out of this world. I was just in awe. I enjoyed it. Again, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I want to see it two, three, four more times. I want my future grandkids to see it. And I want my future great, 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 great grandkids to see it. Okay. That's just how much I loved it. My name is Peter Porker. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. What a pig. I'm right here. Only in theaters December 14th, rated PG. Alright, so Spider-Ham. Peter Porker first appeared in 1983. There's only one issue for him specifically. Random facts. So, history lesson here. Sleeping Beauty, which came out in 1959, bombed at the box office. This is the moment when Disney himself considered closing down the animation department because Black Sleeping Beauty bombed, which I didn't know. I didn't know Sleeping Beauty had bombed. So then 101 Dalmatians came along. And they used Xerox photography for the very first time to aid in the animation. So what this did was it eliminated the inking process, the, you know, the animation cells. So it cut back on a lot of time. Now, what's interesting is Walt Disney himself did not like 101 Dalmatians. He thought it was going to sell. He thought it was going to bomb. He disliked it. 
and he was the producer of the film, so he had a lot of say back then. But what happened was this technology and what 101 Dalmatians did was literally saved the company with its commercial success. Breaking the mold is what flipped the Disney company around here in terms of animation in the movie. So shout out to 101 Dalmatians. And the guys also mentioned 101 Dalmatians in their interview um, on Behind the Screen with The Hollywood Reporter. So again, one last fact. Miles Morales isn't the first Latino character to become Spider-Man. Miguel O'Hare was. Spider-Man 2099. That came out in 1992. And then, of course, if you want to know about the Easter eggs, there are 16 of them, and they're all over the place. Also, rest in peace to Excelsior himself, Stan Lee. His cameo in the film was fantastic. I like the message that it sent across. You can tell that it was an homage to him in his words. And I think that that was the best cameo of his to date. And just rest in peace to him and thank him for just giving us an entire world that we can all bury ourselves in and give our money to and look up to and be inspired by. What a guy. And he lived a long, full life. And thank you, Stan Lee. And that's it. That's all I got. This is the first one of 2019. I'm going to try to come and do these more. See ya, everybody. Guarantee out.